Tom Tancredo ran Independence Institute before I did until he became a United States congressman. His career in politics and activism is legendary. He's got the best war stories. I'm John Caldera. This is the audio version of our television show, Devil's Advocate. You can watch that program by going to youtube.com and looking for IITV. That stands for Independence Institute TV. Please subscribe and share this podcast. Enjoy. As I've said many times, if not for this man, the only thing I'd be saying into a microphone is, would you like fries with that? <laughs> U.S. Congressman Tom Tancredo, who was my predecessor at the Independence Institute. So, Tom, what do you miss most oh, from Independence? Easy. Wages. Oh, <laughs> you know, 150000 a year was, uh, at the time. Uh, at the was, time. Oh, my gosh, that was just fantastic. Took me up forever to make it up. And the women. Then women too, yeah, because uh, once one one with one comes the other. Yeah, exactly. You know? that's, that's a good point. So and uh, but I heard you didn't get that when you took over. No, I didn't understand. No, I didn't get the money or the women. I fought for you. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for leaving me in that 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 lurch. So you you ran the place for six years. Yeah, and this is when I really got involved. As you know, John Andrews founded uh, the place, and yeah. I started getting involved. But really, when I started volunteering. You were in charge, and uh, you we came looked, to get you. Yeah, you looked like you were having fun. Well, I still remember the lunch we had in Boulder, uh, at the t- because you were one of our senior fellows in transportation. Right. Yeah. And uh, and at, th- at the time, I think you were doing something like window dressing or Denver Dry. I can't remember. Exactly. I was a lighting designer, <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, right. I did theater that's lights. Right. I had a real job before you <laughs> drug me into theater this world. Lights. What, okay, what did they give you? You know, a couple of light bulbs uh, for Christmas. <laughs> so anyway, uh, we decided you were the guy that we could snooker into getting in, onto the board, you know, the uh, <laughs> RTD board, uh, because at the time nobody was running for any, you know, and the, they had a hell of a lot of money that they tossed around and wasted, and we thought he could waste it as good as anyone, you know. And we so were right. no, no, yeah, I got a, I got a phone call from you and. Um, uh, Pole Hill, Dennis Pole Hill. Oh, yeah. A, he was our uh, senior fellow. Yeah, a senior fellow in transportation and other things. And you said, John, uh, there's an opening up in Boulder for the RTD board. We want you to run. And I said, thanks. I'm thrilled you guys thought of me first. Your response was, oh, no, you're the sixth guy we called. <laughs> no, I don't remember saying that. Oh, I remember that, that oh, no. very well. It was like the 10th. Uh, something like that. Um, all right, so... Take a look back on all you've done. You, you were a public school teacher. Mm. Then you got involved in politics. You became um, uh, part of the Reagan administration right. in the Department of Education, right. uh, which I still wonder why you didn't just close it down. Well, and then happy to tell you, but yeah. And then you ran for the uh, Colorado House and were part of something called. That was that was. Was it the other way around? The other way around. Uh, right. 1976. I re- started teaching in 70. 76, I ran for the House uh, one and was there for three terms. That made me into the 1981. Got the call from the Reagan administration. So getting back to when you were at the Colorado House, yeah. you were part of a group called the House, House Crazies. Crazies. Yeah. And in in the history of, of Colorado legislature, and there's a beautiful, wonderful history of the legislature, House Crazies really stick out what what made you so crazy well it was a term that was actually uh applied <laughs> to us by the governor um lamb at the time and he um told the press at one point yeah that group that group um they don't like just sm- less tax they don't want any taxes they're crazy that's a bunch of crazies that's how it stuck we loved it we made <laughs> shirts and everything we really did and um who were some of your comrades in that? Um, Frank DeFilippo. Oh, uh, yeah. Steve Durham. Uh, um, Cliff Dodge. Um, Ann Gorsuch. Really? Yes, yes. Ann Gorsuch. Ann Gorsuch, mother, Gorsuch, mother of the Supreme, Supreme Court, Court Justice. Justice. Right? Wow. Yeah. Yeah, she was dynamite. Um, and, uh, I mean, brilliant, brilliant lady. Um, but apparently crazy. Well, she, yeah as we all were. Uh, and uh, let me think. Guy, guy, Bob Stevenson from, from uh, Colorado Springs, another guy from Colorado Springs named Randall. I can remember all this now because just a few weeks ago I saw somebody sent me a picture 
uh, that was t- t- she took out of the Statesman, you know, and uh, of us standing in the thing, and I was going through and thought, oh my gosh. Um, so that was that was about it. Then more people, you know, the ones that want the wannabes, the wannabe crazies. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They'd say they were, but they would say that, they were, but they weren't really they weren't crazy. crazy. They weren't like really as crazy. What did you like so much about the legislature? You you really gobbled it up. Well, yeah. I mean, come um, on, you love the, this stuff. The the wages. <laughs> if I recall, was, was thir- that twelve grand a year? It was thirteen. Thirteen. Thirteen thousand a year. Well, that's better than what you snookered me into, which was two hundred and fifty dollars a month to be on the RTD board. But it also came yeah, with every, a, you got free rides everywhere. I got a free come bus on. pass. Oh, it right. came with a free Jeez, bus pass. God. And let me tell you, the ladies like a man with a bus, <laughs> bus pass. pass. Oh, I, yeah. I knew we could get that. Anyway, um, so the legislature. I will tell you that it is an interesting story. I think. Of course, I think my whole life is really fascinating, but um, and I think about it often now, uh, especially in, in light of what is happening on the national scale, right, and, and the national scene. There is so much um, hatred, and I can't think of another word yeah. to explain what divides the, the two groups, parties, whatever. The personal animosities, oh, God. The personal attacks. It's the, incredible, isn't yeah. it? And there's, there's one other aspect that differentiates this time from that, and, this is, and that's this. In six years, when I was in the legislature, Republicans, Democrats, we argued about Republican and Democrat stuff, mostly taxes, <laughs> regulations, things like that, okay? Education stuff, yeah, we would, but mostly because of the fiscal impact of it. Never, I do not remember a single time in those six years that we ever argued about the essence of America. How do you mean? I mean, everybody argued about the, you might call it peripheral things, I don't know, but everybody really kind of loved the country. Yeah. And, 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 and respected it. I, I don't remember. And the, any- and the <clears throat> state, that Colorado you know, was oh. not a plaything to, uh, mm. to be manipulated, it was, it was uh, a place to be protected. It was a place to make sure that people could thrive. It wasn't, it wasn't a social experiment. No, that is for sure. And so, and, and of course, the Republicans controlled the House and Senate. But you know what's interesting? Another thing that's interesting is that now this is gone totally. But at the time, Colorado was sort of um, schizophrenic politically because we had often, in fact, 1974, we lost the House because of Watergate. It actually right. came down to that. We lost the House. We held on to the Senate by one vote, the state Senate. Um, but all before that, we hadn't lost the House for 40 years. And, and all after it for, I can't remember how long, it stayed a Republican in the House and Senate and a Democrat and as a governor. As governor. Uh, Lamb and, and uh, uh, who else? Romer. <laughs> Romer. Uh, and, and, but I mean, I'm trying to think of the other, the uh, Republicans. Um, yeah, you know, love, love before that. Yeah. And, and then, um, you know, more, more recently. And the last Republican, I Was guess. Bill Owens, Bill right. Owens, right. So, who, who might be separated by 24 years of Democratic governors and that's right. 24 years of Democratic governors. Right. And, you know, um, Lamb was pretty... I thought he was a fairly reasonable fellow. Well, I became friends with him long after he was um, governor. And I knew he was an older man, and he, he was one of the most free-thinking politicians. He always checked his own premises. And I go back and wonder, oh my God, if only Colorado had you know, the 60-year-old lamb instead of the 30-year-old lamb, what what might be different, but I mean, I would, you you and he we were on the on same things. we were on the same stage together, on the same side of the debate together, uh, more than once, and that right. was immigration. Yeah, illegal immigration. Boy. He was he never he like you never had a problem standing up to his own party right. when he thought they were wrong. Right, they, and you know he was the he was on the he was a chairman or something. Or, no, he was on the board of the. Uh, of a couple of organizations um, that 
were pretty prestigious and threw him off because right. of his uh, because of his stand on, on that. I, I can I know how that kind of feels, but um, the and I and I really did respect him in many ways. And there, you know, got a lot of time for other stories, but um, this is probably a good one. Um, one of the things I did as a member of the house, which I couldn't believe we got done, uh, we had a, a really doofy program in Colorado for uh, I think forty-five years, and uh, it was the um, Auto inspection. Oh, God, I hated that. It yeah, was, everybody yeah, hated that. Everybody hated it. And I hated it. I was up in Montana driving my father-in-law's car. And, uh, and I lo- noticed there was no, no sticker, you know, and I said to him, I said, don't you have a... No, what are you talking about? So I got back and had the legislative council. I said, just check and see. All the states that don't have this and what their uh, accident per 100,000 miles right. happens to be, Against the ones that do. And for Guess people who might not be following, you used to have to go take your car to a garage, yes. not for an emissions test, but for them to check the brakes. And, right, and, 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 and the tires. Oh, and they go like yeah, this. I got oh, to do it. Big problem here. Look yeah. at this. You know, and these, oh, gee, okay, new tires, new brakes. And, you know, all right. You know, I mean, they just, it was a terrible riff off. So I, I introduced the bill. Abolish the program. <laughs> I mean, everybody yeah, this has been on the books for 45 years and, you know, safety and all that stuff. Safety. Come on. And I said, well, I'm telling you, it's not any safe. In fact, the st- states that don't have this have a lower accident rate per 100,000 miles. So um, I got it sort of moving. It wasn't going crazy, but I go to the, to the transportation committee. I'm sitting waiting to right. introduce my little bill. And, uh, <laughs> says, and at the time, you have the Garage Owners Association, or whatever, yeah. in there, asking for an increase in the. It, they they were getting eight bucks. They wanted to go to ten for the sticker. Oh, they couldn't make it for this. This is just they're taking a lot of time and blah blah blah. And so I'm just listening to her. Well, they they don't kill the bill, but they don't pass it either. They put put it on the. It was called tabling, but not really because that that usually does it. But they just put it away for a minute and let me speak come down, because they right. said, oh, we got another bill. They're just on the same thing. You know, come here, Tancredo. And what do you think about this? And they said, oh, I think it's ridiculous because they don't deserve $8, let alone 10 But I said, we don't, this program is terrible. And I went through my whole speech right. and about, and I gave them all the statistics, right? We get done. They ask if they can come back while I'm still, <laughs> they, they come back to speak and they go, for the elderly, we'll do it for nothing. Oh, oh, they, they. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, it was great. And everybody goes, what? You just got, you can't do it. You, you, know? <laughs> you just got to tell them that you couldn't do it for 10. Pass that. And so they passed my bill. Passed out of, the, out of that committee. Goes uh, to the floor of the house. I get, uh, that was really, I only been in for like, you know, it was my first, maybe my second term. And didn't pass anything. <laughs> this was just right. really amazing to me that I got it. <clears throat> One day I'm sitting on the house floor. I wish I could remember this guy's name. Get a card from a guy who had a million uh, uh, window treat, uh, uh, replace your window thing, right. you know, auto automobile re- window replacement. And uh, it was a very familiar name at the time. I can't remember now, but sends me this little card. I'd like to speak to you. Okay, I'm sitting. On, you can you can bring him in and sit on the on the sideline, side, right? And I'm sitting there, and he comes in and he says, I just want to tell you, I give a lot of money to the Republican Party. And I said, that's a good idea. Great. He said, I give a lot of money to uh, candidate, Republican candidates. I said, that's even better. I can give him, he said, I can give you a lot of money. I said, terrific. <laughs> he goes, all you have to do is drop this. Oh, really? Yeah. I said, what? What? And I mean, I was just so stunned in a way, because it, it just never had happened. You know, that, 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 somebody, ooh, that blatant. That blatant. Drop so, the bill, I'll give you a give bunch money. of money. Right. So I, <laughs> oh, geez, how stupid. But <laughs> I didn't know what to do. And so Bill Purcell, God love him, I'm sure he's passed away, uh, but he was the sergeant at arms. This big black guy, yeah. uh, you know, with the gray hair, very kind of distinct. And it's just, it's a nothing. You know, he's a political payoff. He's been a, he was a Democrat on top of it, but he'd been there a hundred years. Right. Everybody loved Bill Purcell. He was a nice guy. 
I see him, I said, Sergeant at Arms, <laughs> come over here. And he comes over and I said, I want you, this guy, to repeat what you just did. I said, this guy just tried to bribe me. And, and, and he, who, whatever, takes his card and he throws it at me and he gets up and walks out. And Purcell says to me, what the hell did you want me to do? <laughs> I said, I don't know. I said, I just, I, I just never had anything like that happen. And I didn't know what to do. And he says, well, I couldn't have done crap about it. But anyway, that was the end of that. So it goes on, goes to the Senate, passes. Oh, no, I'm, yeah, passes. Lamb calls me in. That's the whole point right. of this story. Lamb calls me in. He goes, um, hey, listen, he said, I, I don't like this. He said, this is dangerous, you know, very dangerous. We can't do this. We've had this. I said, hey, Governor, honestly, it's not. We're having dinner in the, in the governor's mansion. It was pretty nifty. First time I'd ever yeah. been in there. He said, yeah, no, Tom, he said, um, he said, uh, I just, and so I went through my whole spiel. It's okay, yeah. blah, 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 blah. He goes, all right, I'll tell you this. <clears throat> we'll do this. We'll do a reverse sunset. I, I will agree to that if you'll, if you'll amend the bill or else I'll veto it. <clears throat> I said, what, does you, I don't, what do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean a reverse, <laughs> reverse sunset? sunset? And he goes, we'll let it go. We'll let it go for two years. If the, legis but the legislature has, has to, to renew it after two years or it goes away. So in other words, we'll do it your way, but in two years, if they don't say, we're gonna keep the, the inspection they have gone, to. They have they to vote on it again okay. and pass it again or else. What could uh, I say? Yeah. I said, okay, <laughs> and so right. we did and it did, it passed and that was that. Yeah. And it was that, got a big newspaper thing I'm holding with my sponsor, whoever, co-sponsor. Uh, Tank right over, oh, I, I mean, I, that was the first thing I think I ever really passed. I remember my old man, Oh, these inspections. I don't, I got to go down there and then they tell me I need a new windshield wiper and they saw that. Right. But every, that was the whole thing. It was a, it was a total scam, especially so, for elderly. So the payoff, take that and move forward to your time at DC. Because mm. I got to imagine some guy who fixes broken windshields, who loves this program because then he's got to fix every broken windshield. Right. Uh, when you go to DC, how much was that little story amplified to corporatism, to, oh, to, well, to an industry, to what? Got to be honest with you, nothing like that ever happened again on, a, on any scale. Nobody it's, ever, it's more out front, isn't it? Well, they, you just, yeah, of course. I mean, the speaker would come to you and go, hey, what are you doing with this? Are you crazy? We got a lot of money from those people. Right. You know, that that yeah. kind of thing. That happened a lot. I mean, on immigration, that happened constantly. Yeah. And I was called in on more than one occasion. Well. I don't live in there again a short time. There's a thing called the Republican Caucus on Wednesday morning, Democrat Caucus also two places, you know, not together, God knows. And um, plot and scheme, what are you right. going to do for the week? And <clears throat> but if you have a few minutes left at the end, a member can sign up to give us a little speech about his little piece of heaven. Right. Whatever they're excited about. And every year, week I'd do it, every week they'd turn me down. Can't speak too late. Oh, okay. But somebody else did. Well, they got in before you did. Finally, the caucus chair was absent, and the assistant caucus chair, whatever, uh, said, uh, I asked her, and she says, Yeah, I don't care. So, <laughs> so <laughs> I have five minutes. I wheel in this, this great big TV monitor and the VCR thing below it because right. I have a tape. I have a VCR tape that it was a silent. It was a um, yeah, there was no sound. It was a um, uh, infrared camera on the top of a building in the in a little hut thing in uh, Ocean or uh, 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 oh gosh, um, and there's a park along the just along the border. Oregon Pipe Cactus there you go. National Park. And uh, it's, you know, there's all kinds of campers and they're right on the border. It's nighttime. And you see this like fire along the side of the camp. But it's not fire. It's human heat and, you know, right. emanating off their bodies while they're all lying on the ground or whatever, waiting for the, whatever to time to come through. So about midnight, I guess, or so, all of a sudden this little 
fire thing looks like it gets up <laughs> and you can see it string out. Oh my God, that's, those are people. And then they start coming through the park, this, this park RV area. And there's all these park, I mean, all these RVs all over the place, right? And they're wandering through them. And the first guy, he's got a M16 or automatic rifle of some sort holding. Behind him, all the guys carrying drugs, packs of drugs. Behind them, another guy would sit, and it went on and on and on, all wandering through this thing. And I kept thinking, some, I can just see some old guy, you know, hey, Mabel, <laughs> hey, Mabel, look at this. And they went through and they went in. That's all it was. That's all it was. Four minutes. And what did it do after you showed it? The end of four minutes. It started out, there were 220 some members. In the end of four minutes, there was maybe a half a dozen left in the room. And when they went out, they were not nasty. They were not happy. They, they what do you, you know, why do you show? What are you bringing this for? And uh, that was my first, that was an introduction to my caucus and my issue and their response, which was walk out on this book. I'm not, I don't, want, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to, because. I don't want to see it. Don't want to look at don't, it. Don't yeah, want to know no, about no, no, no. it. Right, exactly. So, and the, and the fact is that just even now, you know, there's so many Republicans there who are still on the tip. Look, let's talk about that for a second. You took immigration, which by the way, when I think of you, nationwide, you're known as the immigration guy. You ran for president, immigration guy. That was it, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I know you. I'm like, Tom, immigration's important, but I know Tom, education is, yeah. is the guiding star. Yeah. But talk about Im uh, immigration for, for a while. You were Trump without the money. Yeah. You know, um, <laughs> that was my last book. I was, I was Trump without the money. <laughs> uh, but you saw this, this issue before anyone else. Trump, Trump took the issue and it, it brought him to the presidency and by your hat here today, I'm guessing yep. you're thinking he's going to bring it to, to, the, uh, uh, to 2024. Why is it that it resonates so much with Americans, but it doesn't resonate with Congress? Money. Follow the money. That is the truest. No, there's, one, there's a better axiom uh, <clears throat> I have found for politics in general. Never, ever heard a better uh, explanation of the problem with the democracy that we are we have created uh, and that is uh, when you rob Peter to pay Paul you can always count on Paul's vote right right that is the truest axiom I mean absolutely true all you have to do is create uh, you know the US Department of Education we couldn't get you asked why we it was only in there a year and a half before Reagan took over and Reagan couldn't get rid of the Department we of Education. We couldn't get anybody to carry a bill. Not carry a bill. It had only been there a year and a half, and it was always... It, it was Do you need a bill to get rid of a department? Oh, yeah. This one was created by a bill, see, uh, under Carter. So you, you, he couldn't... He couldn't. You can't do it by fiat, no. You got it to... You, you know, there's, uh, I've forgotten which ones you can, but if they're created by a law, you have to repeal the law. And uh, or put, you know, abolish it. And um, we couldn't get anybody to carry the bill. I didn't know that. Yeah, and, uh, and Carter created it, created the Department of Education as a sop to the right. NEA. You support me, I'll support your creation. Why? Why would they support him? Why did they want the creation? Well, it's because when, the, you, when you develop a U.S. department uh, devoted to this one thing, it simply means you turn on the money spigot. And, you once you turn an industry. It on, and once you turn it on, you can't turn it off. But Reagan say there's nothing closer to immortality than that, a new governmental new program. program. That's so true. And so that is the thing. When people ask me anything about, well, how can we have this? How can this have been? I can, nobody wants that. You know, I always say, follow the money because it's true. The, the, uh, you know, for the Democrats and Republicans. Republicans, it's a commerce, a chamber of commerce thing. It's been there since, the, which again, I, I only really kind of, I didn't realize that, honestly, when I went in, that that was the big power issue, uh, controlling the Republicans. And the, I, I didn't know that. I mean, I, I, was, I was 
what was I was doing this here, you know? And, and I had far more important things to think about at the Independence Institute at the time. I mean, who am I going to get to succeed me that could possibly who? do the same job? Who? Who could make you look good who by comparison? Who could make me look better? <laughs> you don't know how hard that is. <laughs> I need to find somebody who's going to make me look like a genius right. when I'm gone. Oh, did we have to search? Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so um, uh, I, I did not realize that. I, I actually didn't. I just thought um, it was because they were afraid of the political ramifications and looking bad against Hispanics and all this stuff. And I go, you know, I I have no, people say, you're, you're, you're a you're white supremacist. And I go, oh, you go, white, white, come on. Uh, it could be an olive supremacist, maybe, I don't know, Italian. Sure. But uh, white supremacist, no, it's got nothing, nothing to do with that. And, you know, I, I, wonder, I wonder about a lot of things that we can talk about in terms of immigration, but race is not part of it. What was it that you were hoping to pass? What policy did you want to address the immigration problem. Mind you, this was you know, 25 years For, ago. 40 years ago. Yeah. Oh, well, 40 years. Because yeah. I, I talked about it in the state legislature, yeah. too. Yeah, but what, so what did you want? I mean, the idea of putting up a wall, great, beautiful idea, but it's not going to do anything if you don't have some sort of immigration system that you can enforce, yeah. you know, and that it works. And there's no question in my mind that America needs people. We need people to work. And there are people around the world who want to work. And you know, look at us, a couple, a couple old wops. Yeah. We, if it wasn't, uh, wasn't for the Italians who were willing to come here and work, we wouldn't be here. Do you know so, that more Italians went back home than any other racial group or ethnic group? And you know why? They came back. Because their mothers told them to come <laughs> home. <laughs> That's true, too. I never <laughs> thought about that. But uh, when's no, your mama's boy? No, they got there. You go, I, I don't know. You know, right. just, I'm not crazy about this for whatever reason. Right. Can't make good spaghetti. I don't know what. But anyway, they went back and uh, in a bigger percentage. Look, John, anybody, you can have an immigration policy. It's no problem. It does not have to be a, uh, um, an open door to the world. Right. And uh, because there are ramifications to that, as we are seeing, and, and I would talk about this all the time, that, you know, having a, a truly effective immigration policy based on our needs, what we need in this country, not the needs of the world, uh, because that's an op that is unparalleled in terms of what you'd have to provide. Look at what is happening. Denver. Hospital, right? right. Uh, Denver Health and Hospital. $130 million deficit afraid of closing. Um, hospitals all over. Uh, this is a sanctuary city, a sanctuary state. That's what you get. That's what would happen. And not just that, education policy. When I ran for president, uh, this is the only issue. I was never going to be president. I was never going to get nominated. I only, but I had enough of a, here, that's an interesting, how did I get on yeah. to, the, to the debate stage? Yeah, Dago from North Denver? Are you kidding <laughs> me? <laughs> what? Uh, um, and I mean, believe me, I had the same. I remember standing behind the podium at the at the uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Reagan Library. It was first right. first to first debate, right? And I'm so scared. Oh my gosh, I was petrified, and I was so I'm glad. I'm that... imagining that. I imagine. Oh, I can't I imagine you being afraid of oh any public God. event. Oh, oh God. that was natural. I'm looking down at Nancy Reagan. You know? oh. <laughs> Uh, and <laughs> oh yeah, it was scary. And thank God there was a podium. I always thought because they couldn't see my leg shaking, <laughs> you know, the yeah. pant going like that. <laughs> oh yeah, I was scared to death. And uh, and there was a good reason. I was I pretty much made a terrible opening statement. <laughs> but uh, the uh, but I got into the debates. You have to have some degree of support right. out there, not just a little bit. You have to have quite a bit, 20-some percent to get into the debate, right? right? Well, I had it. How did I get it? Because the, I was the only person, John, and I mean this, honest to God, it's true. I was the only person talking about it. You Everybody were? was afraid. And I mean, I know that sounds perhaps kind of blowhardish, but it's the truth. It I would have time. given anything to, to have some support. I thought I would have support. I didn't. And my leadership hated me for it. You know, Tom DeLay. Yeah. You keep this up, you little blankety. Yeah. 
I thought, little? I'm taller than you, you little <laughs> jerk. And he threatened me uh, so many times. And, and good. Threatened you with what? I'll tell you. Which, and it tells you everything you need to know about the problem of the system. He had admonished me several times for going around and speaking all over the country because I'd get all these right. invitations. So now they were always to Republican groups, right? I hardly ever got anything else. I did get a bunch to, uh, to colleges and that always turned into a big riot, yeah. which it really did. Uh, University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. Wow, it was, that was terrible. Um, but the, um, uh, so he calls me in and because I'd go to speak and I'm in John's district. He's a good Republican, right? And I'm speaking to John's people. <laughs> and somebody inevitably says, how's John on our, on our issue? Oh. <laughs> and I go, John? <clears throat> John, John's crap on this issue. <laughs> and I, I didn't make it out of the door. And John was on the phone with the speaker and with Tom DeLay saying, this Did guy comes into my... How, how to win friends <laughs> and influence people. people. <laughs> that, that's not what you do. Uh, he, he comes into my district, Republican, and he disses me. And, and so uh, and they call me in. Oh, my gosh. R read the riot act. Then they say, I say, well, what do you want me to say to that question? If John is lousy right. on this, did you want me to go, fine, man. You know, he really thinks deeply about this stuff. And no, he's a jerk. He doesn't, he's, he's opposed. So, and he says to me, Tom says to me, Tom DeLay. <laughs> this is so Tancredo. All right. He says, you keep this, and he's got his finger in my, and I thought, you know, that was the worst, that was really a nasty time. He'd done it several times, but that was the really, he was really mad. Yeah. And I was thinking, whatever. I wonder if they've got our kids. Right. <laughs> you know, they're holding them hostage <laughs> somewhere. I wanted to call Jackie. Where are the kids? Um, and so uh, he says, uh, you keep this up. And I'm thinking, what, he can, what can he possibly? Yeah. You're going to ruin your career in this place. <laughs> I said, that's it? Yeah, that's it? That's it? Ruin my career in this place. I said, Tom. I don't know how to break this to you. <laughs> I don't want a career in this place. I don't even like this place. Do you understand that? So that is not a, a, a really, I mean, I didn't go on. That was all I said. Why didn't you like this place? Well, because when you're a congressman, I remember, yeah. I remember uh, talking with you and you said something to the effect of, uh, yeah, this little lapel pin. Oh, get you I can get, I can get anywhere, open any door in, in Washington, DC. You see this license plate I've got? I could park on the sidewalk and not get a ticket. <laughs> you know, it, it is a trap. People go there and they love it. Why did you not love it? Well, you, you can get so... You are, in, you are in a remarkably safe, safe yeah. district. Yeah. Well, for the most part, yes, that's true. And so, yeah, I could have stayed there for a long, long time, but I had an issue. I had a cause. It got, and, it, and the more I got into it, right, the more I spoke, the more I got attacked, the more... Well, the more I got into it, the more important right. it was. I, I could see how they hated it. Why? What's, why, what's so hard yeah. to understand when most Americans, Democrats and Republicans at the time, if you'd have just said to John Q. Citizen, do you think we should have secure borders? Do you think it'd be okay to you know, just check who comes in here and who doesn't? Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you think we should just open it up to the whole damn world? Uh, no. Okay, thank you. Why can't we get that? common sense approach toward this issue through Congress. Uh, why can't we get it through a first committee? Why can't every, uh, every time I offer an amendment, I'd get 80 votes maybe. And, and that was for, they were from people in the, that, you know, they thought, well, I better throw in a vote here and there, just make it look good. Um, so, but I'll tell you the truth. It was no fun. After first couple of few years, maybe honestly, it was a kick and the buttons and all the perks and stuff like that it was it was fun. Um, but after that, I guess maybe I had burned every bridge that there yeah. was to burn, and it just wasn't any fun. And and I thought I can't do any more here. I really don't believe I can do any more here. I don't. And you know, these people came and said, "You got to run for president. Why don't you run for president?" <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, and, uh, beats but, working, huh? Beats working. Beats working. Um, 
And so I thought, hey, that's a great swan song. You know, I'll do that. And that'll be it. Go back home. I'll go back home. So I ran. Did you, ever, did you ever talk to Trump about this? Because he basically picked up where you left yeah, off on no, making I, this an issue. Did, I never did, did you need, have you ever met the man? Nope. Then why you walk around with his, with his hat on? What, what, what about it speaks to you? Because I, I actually never thought I would see anybody, a president of the United States, that would actually take that issue on, head on. And he did. And I was so proud of him. And I was so happy. Things he'd say. And, and you know, he uh, built a wall. Uh, you know, he was building a wall. And the wall is an important part of the process. And what you've got to do... You really want to solve this problem, really? And that's why you'll never see this happen, John, because it would really have a tremendous impact on illegal immigration in a positive way from my standpoint. Um, pass, in, introduce, pass, mandatory E-Verify for every single employer in this country and then, and then actually enforce it. You know, $10,000 fine if you... Ignore it to twice and go to the slam. So in other words, instead of saying, hey, government, you have to enforce the immigration laws, aren't you just telling the poor businessman, the guy who runs the restaurant, now you got to do the job well, because we, government can't do or won't do the job. Right, so now, exactly. now, can't do. now you become the Absolutely. Is that unfair? No, it's not unfair. We Why ask is it not the, unfair? Yes, business do. Because... They're, they're breaking the law, and in doing so, you know, it is against the law to hire an illegal alien. You know that. It's been for I don't know how many years. Unless you have a green card, unless you... Now, everybody does it. Don't get me wrong. I understand that. But they're breaking the law. So when they break the law, why should you reward them for that uh, if your job is to try and create a system in which uh, laws matter and this will solve a major problem? And it really would, because if you can't get the thing that you're coming here for. That is the magnet. And it, it, was more than, it, even, it, it wasn't more than it is now. Now there's a lot of different things, unfortunately. Uh, but uh, welfare, you know, free phones, uh, all that kind of thing. But, but we, if we could do that and really and truly enforce it, honestly, you'd see a major reduction in that particular. And you'd have, you could open up, you could do a lot more with immigration for heard, people who need it, fine. I've heard someone once say, you know, it's, it's not the state of immigration, it's the welfare state. The difference when America's had huge, uh, massive spikes in immigration is that people came here and they had to rely on their relatives. They had to rely on their, their friends. There was a social network yeah. that kept them alive. They couldn't just show up here by, them, by yeah. themselves. And when they were here, they had to work, otherwise they'd starve. That's right. It was very cruel. And I think about our ancestors, ancestors and that's exactly. you know, sort of daughter of the revolution, uh, uh, <laughs> blood in me. And so, you know, um, Zapata, who uh, maybe I'm there. You know, so I'm half Polish and half Italian. Oh, okay. And, uh, so I, I was once able to make myself an offer I, I couldn't understand. <laughs> um, and so on my, on my Polish side, I think with my great grandfather came over on a boat and it had some sort of disease on it. So they would not let him off in New York. They kept having to go south. And he was 18 at the time until they could find a port that would let them uh, disembark. And they finally found one in Brazil. So you think about the difference in the time. Wow. This is, this is, this Pollock had to work well, you his way. can understand, you know, you wouldn't want to yeah. pollute the <laughs> society. <laughs> with, with those Polish. Polacks. It's <laughs> so much kibasi. And this guy had to work his way not knowing the language, from Brazil all the way up into this tiny farm town in New York State where the family was. Mm. You know, and I think about that. Sure. And there was no, there was no um, system there to say, you know, we're going to help you with this. We're going to make it easy for you. And I understand the, the, the push to do that. That's what I mean but by... But there's, there's 7 billion, 8 billion people on this planet. Who doesn't want to live here? Right. And by the way, I'm, I'm much more... Um, uh, open to immigration than than you are, but you cannot do it with a welfare you're state. Yeah, you, I'll, I'll get over it. You get over it. No, but I, I I think we agree on the same sort of thing. We want people here. There are jobs that that Americans just won't do anymore. Um, but you just can't. You can't have them come here not work. You cannot have them be. 
uh, uh, refugees from the entire planet. Yeah. We, do, we just can't do it. That's true. And that's what I meant when I said it's different now with all the, the you know, the, the enticement of the, even the, the little things, the freebies of the phones and the, and the, and the apartments and, uh, uh, I mean, hotels and food and, you know, and, and uh, education for your kids. That's and, a big one. And health care for you. So, um, gosh, John, there's so many things I keep remembering. But going back to the, for a minute, to the, um, the presidential race. Yeah. Um, so I, 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 for whatever reason, I had a, a, a sort of a name around the country and I had a, enough 20, 27% support. So yeah. I uh, got in. Well, so again, I'm scared to death. And we, for like two weeks at least, we practice in my office, of staff, answering every imaginable question, whatever the hell, with immigration related. You know, I think I know the illegal story. Keep going. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, I, and, and it's not that hard, really. If you want to bring up a question of education, don't worry. I'll tell you what the impact is. Healthcare, I'll tell you what the impact is. Um, just uh, uh, socialization, uh, language, all, all that stuff. I could do it. So I thought I was pretty well, you know, prepared. And so I get there and, and I'm listening to all these questions. And every one, every question, I think, I could have, I could have done a better I job. I could have knocked that one out of the ballpark, man. You know, <laughs> and, and, and didn't come to me. Okay, I'm waiting. 45 minutes. I'm a potted plant, right? Over on this side, I think, was it Ron? Um, oh, I can't remember the guy on the other end, but he was just as bad. He was a nobody and uh, like me, so they didn't get many questions. Everything went to the, uh, I already said, the tall guys with good hair. Right. You know? And so finally, Chris Matthews says, Congressman Dan Credo, uh, we have a question for you. And I don't remember if he said it was from the audience or what. It was so stupid it could have been from uh, him. <laughs> and so he said, uh, and I'm thinking, okay. Illegal immigration, illegal immigration, don't forget, you can do this, Tom. And he goes, if you're elected president, what will you do to increase the number of organ donors? (laughs) (laughs) You can look this up. I mean, it's all out there. I wish it wasn't. I wish it was all buried somewhere. But (laughs) I think the first statement I made to the American public that I was trying to get them to vote for me for president was, what? Yeah. What? What? <laughs> Organ donors. Oh, my God. And, and I did not go to illegal immigration, okay? I didn't you, go there. Because uh, knowing you, you would have said, we could harvest them well, that's from illegal expect, immigrants. That's what everybody expects, I right. know, but I didn't go there. And uh, and I said, oh, we'll make a market or some stupid thing. I, I don't know. It was just, and, and I thought, oh, my God, my first, the first, that's what I'm telling you. It was a disaster. It got better because we got a question about about McCain. Oh my goodness, that was a really good one. I got to, I got to zap him. What did you zap him? I'm glad you asked. So, uh, um, the, um, he, he, oh, here's a hypothetical for everybody, for all you, all the people. I mean, all, all the candidates. Um, hypothetical. Um, three bombs have gone off in the United States. Fourth one, we think is there's another one going, and it's the big one. And with and it's uh, Islamic terrorists that are going to do it. Um, what well, would you water? Oh, oh, and we have somebody right. in that we are holding captive that is um, has the information. Has the would information. you torture them? Would you waterboard? Would you waterboard? Them? Right, uh, McCain. Okay, now remember, this is the only guy on the stage who had even been in the service. Right, <laughs> let alone in the Hanoi Hilton. And he said, um, absolutely not. It was a terrible idea. That is rotten. Blah, blah, blah. It's not American. And beside which you can't get good information. And I'm like, thank God, as I say, I'm on the end because it gave me time to think. And I thought, well, you son of a gun. I said, I thought to myself, I read your book. And in his book, he talks about the most horrible thing he ever did in his whole life was make uh, tapes for the Vietnamese. He, he, right. yeah, did a lot of things. Now, 
believe me, I'm not suggesting, and, and I didn't want to then, that Ike would have survived torture better than he did. I mean, hell, if they, they probably opened up the cell door and I'd start yelling out names. I don't know. Right. But, but I don't think I'd be too tough. I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm just this little guy, but, and he was there. But, but nonetheless, I just thought I'm going to, because I'm not going to say that I wouldn't waterboard. I most certainly would. And so, ba-boom, ba-boom, no, 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 oh, absolutely not. If John says no, right. like I say, he's the only guy that's even served, what are we talking about? So it gets to me and I said, uh, <clears throat> well, I got it this straight, three bombs and fourth, yeah, and we, you want if I waterboard? I said, I not only would waterboard, I'd be looking for Jack Bauer. Now, probably your folks listening don't know, but... That was a TV show, 24, and 24. He, he would torture people. Yeah, oh, he, he was a CIA guy, and you know, he was going to go, I want to know this. He wouldn't talk. Boom, knee, shoot your kneecap. Are uh, you going to talk? No, boom, the other <laughs> I like that guy. And, and so uh, I said, I'm looking for Jack Bauer. Well, there's some tittering in the audience, a few people, you know, and that was it. Okay, months after, I don't know where, I think we were in New Hampshire, Another debate, question came up, nothing to do, nothing to do with that, terrorism or anything like that, education, something. And, he, and McCain goes, well, I could be flippant about it and say, I'll get Jack Bauer to handle it. Oh, you got under his skin. Oh man, oh man, it was like months later and everybody's looking around like, what the hell is he talking about? Jack Bauer to handle this education. And so, oh, but he had, it, Getting under his skin was not a problem. I heard that everyone in Congress, oh. particularly everyone in the Senate, has their own McCain story. They do. Where McCain has chased you down a hallway or has McCain done... McCain a fight with his own constituents, a fist fight with his own constituents on the Capitol stairs. The, the Capitol Police said to break it up over this issue, over immigration. And, and I mean, oh gosh, there was a member, great guy in the House, and... and uh, he had actually been in the Hanoi Hilton with McCain. Hated him. Really? All the stuff he said. And I've given speeches where I told the story I just told you. And uh, people come up afterwards and they go, you know, I was with, I served with John McCain. And I'd go, I always think I'm going to get busted here. Right. <laughs> They're going to knock me on my butt. And they go, he is a big as creep. And, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and we've only got a couple minutes here. Let me, let me. What? How, how can what? that be? How can I've that be? I've only got two or three things, words out. <laughs> <laughs> you guy open up the refrigerator door, the light comes on, you do 10 minutes. The, um, talk to me about uh, Trump. I, I cannot believe how Trump handled January 6th. I can't really get past that one. Really? Yeah, for me it was, you know, I'm not saying I'm not going to vote for him, but there are people climbing on the walls of the, of, of the Capitol trying to stop official business. And I'm not going into this stolen election or that he was trying to be a dictator. Or, or how many like uh, agents provocateur were right, actually yeah, in right. the, You're not getting into that. No, okay. I'm not getting into that. But, All right, because we don't know who was going up on the wall. We don't know. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, but, 200 agents. But for three hours, for the president not to say something, not to tell his, his supporters, hey, we don't do this. You know, that, I can't imagine Reagan not doing that. I can't yeah, imagine wasn't Reagan. Right. Yeah, he's not I can't Reagan. Reagan. I can't imagine anybody sitting by while the, the Capitol is being ransacked by whomever and not making a comment to, to, uh, to, to stop it. Well, of course. Will you agree with me on that? No. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that we could see that, uh, that we would want him to, to make a, a statement. He did make a statement before they went when he was talking to them initially. You know, go peacefully. Did say peacefully, but for three hours he's sitting there watching TV and he's never, never thinking, once yeah. said, "Look at those guys; they're all my, you know." Yeah, I they're know. all, I, yeah, yeah. yeah. I understand, and he, and he really and, and believed he had, he, he had the moral persuasion to speak to most of these people. Right. You know, to, just you know. Does that mean he incited? Do you believe he incited insurrection? Oh God, no. Uh, no. Do you think that was an insurrection? I have never no. seen an insurrection in the history of the world where nobody brought a gun. <laughs> Right? Well, and the only person killed, the only person killed, they say, no, the only person murdered in that entire event was an unarmed 110 pound 
woman that was absolutely crawling through a, you know, a, a space in the, the uh, Ashley Babbitt and, the, and a cop, a, I don't even want to call him that, murders her, puts a gun at her head and shoots her in the head as she's on her knees, unarmed woman coming through. That's the only murder that happened. And what did he get for it? A raise, his name hidden from the public for a year, uh, increased, in, I mean, some other, he bumped up in, in wherever he was in the pecking order. Yeah, this is a murderer. That's the only one that happened in I'm, this insurrection. Well, I'm, not, I'm not disagreeing with you. In fact, if this was an insurrection, yeah. then what happened in uh, Wisconsin oh. when, they, when the teachers took over the uh, uh, Capitol, not just for three hours, but for days, Oh yeah. Uh, then that must have been a civil war. Listen, I've been in right. how many uh, committees in Congress have I been sitting in when something called Code Pink goes nuts. It's a bunch of old bags that wear pussy hats oh, and right. other thing and scream and yell, you have to get the cops, get them out. They shut down everything. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, that was a lot. That was right there in Congress at the time we were in session. This wasn't, I mean, we were near in the session. They got everybody out, right? They were all scared. Oh, BS. Uh, um, there's so many things to go through with it. That I issue. know, I know. My, uh, my point was, just, oops, sorry. I didn't mean to slap. No, that's right. My point was that the president should have said yes. Something. Okay, that's all Ad I said. Admittedly, all I right. said the I'll, president. I'll give you that. The president, he you know, was the president, okay. and he had. I think he had a responsibility of leadership that day to he probably to protect did, the, the systems of government. You're right. I did. will give you that, John. I had, you know, I've got this little nice shirt that my wife gave me. It says, "2022, I survived cancer, two brain surgeries, COVID." Prostate surgery and Biden. <laughs> and Biden. <laughs> she had that made. Okay, it's great. I, I love it. One of the, those two brain surgeries, I had, you know, the day that I was declared cancer-free, I got in a wreck. <laughs> yep, I remember My own, well. my, I didn't hit anybody. I was going through in this parking lot, hit a, hit a, 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 a curb type thing, smashed my face into the steering wheel because I wasn't wearing a, a seatbelt and ended up with, in the hospital, I mean, you know, I thought it was just this lip all got, uh, right. but uh, I had to go to the hospital. My wife said, we got to get to the emergency. You're bleeding all over. Ah, that's I'm great. fine. I'm, I'm fine. fine. No, you're not fine. Your blood's all over the place. You're spurting head. Okay, I'll go. Come on, get in. No, you can't drive. Yes, I'm going to drive. I drive to the, I drive to the emergency room. Again, ladies and gentlemen, only Tom. <laughs> get out of the car. Get in there. They're working on me. And that's about the last thing I remember because it turns out I had a subdermal hematoma, blood on the brain. And so uh, uh, I end up, uh, last thing, that's, I, I don't know because I don't even know how they knew for sure. They must have taken an MRI or something when I was, uh, and all I know is ambulance to the, to back to, back to the hospital, right? <laughs> and uh, the, the nurse is going, Didn't you just what are you this doing? Morning? What are you doing back here? I said, I miss the food. <laughs> anyway, uh, so, uh, I, and, and, and we have this, I had a whole bunch of neurologists come in, um, and one guy, his name is Elliot, not a pleasant guy, no bedside manner to this day, except un, un, you know, just, uh, un unlikable. And my wife, she's just got so mad at him because he just he would ignore her, and I'm going to do this, we're going to, tomorrow morning we're operating on, you know. Uh, he operates. I, I, six weeks later, I go back in. They had to do it twice. It wasn't his fault. It was a nurse that put the, one of the stints in wrong. And um, I go back in six weeks later, and he goes, you know, for the, you know, how, how's it going? And, and how's it healing and everything? And he has his phone, and he goes, uh, see that? That's your brain. Uh, right now and it's perfectly healed everything's good if you don't do anything else stupid you don't have to come back and see me again <laughs> and then as he does he and i'm like oh yes sir and he says damn i'm good <laughs> <laughs> and, and he was and i would and, and if i have un, dear god i don't want to ever have another you know time to see him but if i need somebody i'm going to that guy he was brilliant he was great trump i don't want to ever necessarily have coffee with him or whatever. I don't, I really, I really don't care what he tweets. I never cared. I never read a single tweet of Trump. Never. 
I, I just didn't care. It's not important to me. What's important to me? What's he doing on immigration? What's he doing on the economy? What's he doing for black and brown uh, uh, unemployment rates? What's he doing for interest rates? What's he doing for around the world? The guy was nominated five times for a, a, a Nobel Peace Prize, right? And and of course, nobody's going to give it to him. They give it to Obama. We walked in the room. He said, oh, Obama, but that was a peaceful move. Give him a peace prize. No, Trump will never get it. But nominated five times, people around the world, not, not anybody necessarily here. You know, that's a worldwide thing. But he did. We had peace, John. We had peace. Uh, no wars. And people respected us. I look at all that stuff. That's what matters to me. And if I have to vote again uh, for a guy I don't necessarily like, uh, I'm going to vote for him because those are the policies that I want from a president. I want a better country. I have a bumper sticker I'm having made. Um, if you want one, I'll be happy to put it on your car because you won't do it. I know that. Uh, but it says, says, kind of a big one, it says, I miss the America I grew up in, the one that even the Democrats loved. Which goes back to my original point about what happened in the state legislature when we never argued about the essence of America. But now it's everything. Hatred of America, hatred of everything that was that is part of our culture, the things that absolutely, you know, I mean, they want to stop Thanksgiving. They you name it, they, anything, anything that that is a spark of Americana, they want it, they want let, to destroy. Let me put it this way and tell me if, if you think I've got it right. Difference between now and then is back then we had arguments over how to reach a goal, but we had the same goal. goal yeah. And today it seems like there's two different goals. Totally. One is uh, an America based on the founders' principles of liberty and property, free speech. And the other one is one of a command and control society of central planning. And it's two completely different, different exactly. worlds. Exactly. That's exactly right, John. Um, the Colorado Education Association, the teachers' union, uh, passed this resolution just a short time ago. And this exemplifies what you're saying perfectly, I think. Because you would, you would think the teachers, even the teachers' union, wouldn't go this far. But this is what they did and said, for public consumption. <sighs> Uh, recently, the largest uh, teachers union uh, recently voted for a resolution stating that, quote, the CEA believes that capitalism requires exploitation of children, public schools, land, labor, and or resources. Capitalism is, the, is in opposition to fully addressing systemic racism, paren, school to prison pipeline, close paren, climate change, patriarchy, gender and LGBTQ disparities, close quote, education inequality and income inequity. These are the people that the government forces us to send our kids to right. for the majority of their time. Yeah, if, if, look, if you don't, you can look this up and you can see what they passed. What next, please do me this favor. Next time you go to a parent-teacher, bring it in. Show yeah. it to the teacher who's teaching your child and say, do you buy this? And are you a member of this organization? Because if, if they say, no, they don't, then they should quit tomorrow, quit today. But this is exactly what we're talking about. It is a socialist organization. About. This is what we're talking about. This is a teacher's union telling this country, telling their parents and the children that they're going to, they're teaching that this system, capitalism, is the cause of all of this stuff, right? Uh, <laughs> and you know, and not, not the cause for us having the greatest quality of life known to in human history. And, and uh, you know, that they're getting paid. I mean, not all teachers, but a large number of them are getting paid a very handsome salary. Uh, when you put in the benefits, they're all making a very good salary. You bet your you life. In, and where, I'd like to see how much they make in, in North Korea. Come on. You know, it's a bowl of rice, maybe. All right. Uh, all right. Oh, Last question. You want your old job back here? Oh. Somebody's got to do it. Because <laughs> the floor knows it's not going to be me. <laughs> Tom, thanks so much. Always a kick. Likewise.
If you've enjoyed this episode of Devil's Advocate, I hope you'll share it with a friend. And I hope you'll subscribe and follow the show. We have new ones released weekly. Remember, this audio was taken from our TV show. To watch it, just search the letters IITV for Independence Institute TV on YouTube for this and many other great conversations.